Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. First announcements. Yo, guys, can you guys leave us some nice reviews on Apple Podcasts? Because I made the mistake of looking at our Apple reviews so that I could send August some to put on our website. And some of them are so nice. And I so appreciate the nice ones. Truly. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Why do you read the reviews? Don't. I wanted some good ones for August to put on our website. And because I had him create a new page that says like reviews. And I want, and I asked why people did for you them, need, why so did we need on. reviews on the website? I just thought it, uh, most pod, most websites do. So I thought it would be good. I think most websites make them up. <laughs> Probably. We could have maybe had my sister write one and your mom. That might yeah. have done the trick. No, can you imagine my mom's? I love me daughters, Kimberly and second daughter, Katie. So funny. Love, date, loop, and can't <laughs> stop larfing. Date, date with date with date loops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's our side podcast, date with date loops. When we yeah, talk dollar, about breakfast cereals. And there's like cereals. lots of random dollar signs in there. Dogs and dog dog emojis. Paw emojis. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. You're not a good typer. Oh. Join the club, Joni. It's fine. Joni, love you. So this episode that we're covering, by the way, we just recorded like 20 minutes on the Alex Murdoch case. Thank you for everyone who gave us extra information. That was really nice of you. We just put it up on Patreon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Patreon. Thank you for everyone Thank that you, gave everyone. it to us because there was a lot of stuff left out of the dateline because They've already covered a bunch of episodes on it, and they and HBO it was, goes into way more because it's more hours. Well, um, and this so, was specifically, they said it was the trial. Just the trial. And it was yeah. just the trial. Yeah. So this episode we're doing right now is called The Window, and The Window is one that aired a couple weeks ago on a Sunday, which is why we didn't cover it, because our turnaround is generally too fast to release on Wednesday for a Sunday episode. And so we skipped it. But then this Friday's episode was so sad. And it had a lot of sexual assault, which is something we generally don't cover on the show. So we decided to go back and do the window because so many of you requested. And now I know why. Right? Fascinating. And this episode should not have been relegated to a Sunday. This should have been a Friday night episode if Friday is like the better night. I don't know. I feel like Sunday's a great night for Datelines. Sunday's a great night, but it's just people are more used to Friday night Datelines. So maybe it didn't get as big of an audience because people were like, oh, I didn't know there was an episode on Sunday. Because they're not subscribed to Datelines newsletter, which we are. Email newsletter, guys. Yeah, Dateline. Dateline NBC. So it's called The Window, Season 31, Episode 19, February 26th, 2023, hosted by Dennis. Dennis should not be put in the corner. Dennis should not be put on a Sunday. If he's going to put be put on a Sunday, he should be also on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. All day, every day. Dennis is enough. But mind. Dennis is in Europe. It's Euro Dennis, and I'm into it. Euro slash Florida Dennis. Like, Florida Dennis we're comfortable with, and then he goes to Europe, and he drinks, like, coffee in an outdoor cafe I think it's Belgium. called cafe. I think he drinks cafe in a cafe. Sorry, cafe in an outdoor cafe in a V-neck sweater, and he looks yeah. lovely. He fits right Amazing. in. Looks great. So he starts this episode, though, a little, it's everything he says just delights me. But we see this very sad older gentleman looking through a photo album at the beginning. And Dennis says, 
that's the funny thing about looking through photos of happy times. You don't know which one of them is doomed. Her? Him? Maybe both. But don't think of that yet. The wedding is underway. <laughs> then why did you tell us? That was such an interesting it. start. I'm not mad at so, it. I like it. I'm not. Good job, Dennis. You told us to focus on what you're, but the, don't tell us to think about which one of them is doomed. But then it's fine. So 2005, U.S. Navy man, Craig Becker. And I know what you're thinking. You cannot mark off fake military record on your bingo cards because he's actually legitimately military for once on a dateline. She was studying psychology. Her name is Hannah Hove, and she was born in Sweden, moved to America when she was a kid. They met at a swimming pool. No, thank you. That is not my ideal place to meet someone. Again, I've said it before. You're in an uncomfortable, unflattering Speedo. You have goggle red lines all over your face. And that cap has smushed your hair down. And again, another imprint on your forehead. It's not a good look. Craig, after they dated, Craig planned a surprise wedding, which I've... I don't think I know if I've ever heard of one. He told her she was having a spa day at a hotel. Or as Dennis says, have a day of beauty. Have fun. La-ti-da. He said la-ti-da. Dennis has some really good lines in this episode. So delightful. He's Annie Hall. So, yes. So she goes to the hotel and she's surprised with a dress and a wedding. And the only friend there is her friend that's a photographer. And she's taking photos. Her friend Elizabeth. Now... This could be really romantic. It could also be really strange. It's a bit like when Jim bought Pam a house on The Office and you think, oh, that's really sweet. But then in later seasons, she reframes it and is like, why did you buy a house without telling me? That's super Reviews are mixed. Reviews are mixed on the... Also, where is your family? For the right person, it's perfect. For someone like me, it probably would have been perfect because then I wouldn't have had to do any planning... The invites would have all been done. But for certain people and certain families, it would be a big, huge deal. That was my second thought was like, this could be a problem for your future in-laws. Right. And I would love it because I don't want to have, I I don't even want to get married, but let's say I did, I wouldn't want a big wedding. Let's just get it over with. But my mom would be so devastated. She says she wouldn't and she would support me no matter what. A couple of friends of yours might be devastated as well. You would kill my fiancé husband. You I would, would be the photographer. Him. I would be the Elizabeth. <laughs> I would get you to the spot. No, you would never forgive him. No, I would not. But this is okay, too, if you're doing this and then later on you're doing a reception. So right. this is just the ceremony for the two of you. You just wanted to do it with the two of you and have it be romantic right. and surprise. And then it'd be like, but we're still going to plan a big party and reception. And right. But even in that, that first scenario, you said she is involved in that decision. This is what we wanted, a private ceremony, which is the two of us. She didn't know. She just showed up to get a spa day, la da Instead of la-ti-da, she's getting dun-dun-dun-dun. That was good. You're almost Dennis. Thank you. That was good. Thank you. Sometimes I just channel Dennis. It just comes out of me. Thumbs up, thumbs down. How are you feeling about it? I'm going to say, yeah, it really depends on the couple. I don't think there's many couples out there that this has happened to. I feel like this is extremely rare. It's very rare. rare. That one person surprises the other person. With a wedding. Not an engagement or a with a proposal. we're getting married a wedding. today. 
Why yeah. don't and you want you- family there? What are you hiding that your family can't come and meet their family? This is something's weird. And also now we do find out later about her family Mm -hmm. and that the wedding would have probably been extensive. Very. Like whatever you want. Extensive. Good point. On an island? Okay. Destination? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So the best part about this is Dennis is talking to the photographer friend Elizabeth and he says she nudged them into some PG rated poses. There goes the shirt because there's one photo of (laughs) Dennis. Hannah is putting her hands on Craig's chest kind of and his shirt is unbuttoned kind of or off and like elizabeth is like oh yeah well he has a good body let's take a shirt off and make some sensual wedding photos but also but she's what is totally dressed pg is he doesn't that. even say pg 13 he says pg it's just parental guidance pg is shirt off i guess PG yeah is probably, he's not showing his you bum have your shirt off pg yeah but I didn't make any sense. Why does he have his shirt off, but she's still right. in her full dress? Dress. Yeah, it's strange. So Craig, his job was very dangerous. He cleared bombs in war zones. And he was oh, a boy. leader of his unit. He was a war hero. He got two bronze stars. In 2013, they had been married a few years. And he was stationed at a NATO base in Belgium. And he had applied to Harvard Business School. They lived in the adorable, appropriately Euro in feel, because it's in Europe, (laughs) town called Moms. And they got a penthouse apartment and had a baby, Isabel. And Dennis says, look at this family photo and hold it in your mind. And I was like, oh, so now you want us to think about who's in danger, Dennis, because now you're having us look at more photos. Cut to Hannah on the ground. She had fallen 75 feet from their apartment. So oh Dennis puts this picture and he's like, and then it all goes, the photo does that thing where it goes all black and corroded, you know, like yeah. an x-ray photo, which is the classic trope from true crime. They were a happy family until they weren't. And then the family gets all, you know, have you ever seen that? That was kind of in for a while. So like I've seen the burning photograph. Is that what you're talking about? Where it like burns itself like up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Like with acid. Yeah. A mailman heard a shriek, a woman's shriek, and he ran and he found Hannah in her underwear and a t-shirt, still alive, but badly injured. And a man ran out of the building frantically. And the man said, she's drunk and taking drugs. And she jumped. And which again, that's a, I guess I could see it both ways, but it, if you want to look at it from a suspicious eye, it's very much providing a motive right away, providing too much information at the scene. But I do love Unless, Dennis on the street. I'm sorry. The first thing that I would ask, which is what happened? What happened? Yeah, maybe. But the way the mailman made it sound is he just came out and was like, she's drunk and she was on pills and she jumped. Yeah, I think there's a little lost in translation. I mean, but I could see him saying that too. I could see him saying what happened and then him yeah. saying, no, 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 she jumped. I don't know what happened. Yeah. She she was drunk yeah. and she took some pills and she jumped out the window. Like you could see that yeah. that might be a natural thing to say, but the way that the witness states it, it sounds very unnatural. Very much yeah. so. I do love Dennis on the street talking to this Belgian postal worker. 
Dennis just in Belgium. Who's incredibly cool, by the way. Everybody we meet in Belgium is cooler than cool. So cool. So and his like sort of there. tight leather jacket. He's a mailman? Yeah. Male model man? Yeah. Would you see think that he was a mailman? No, guy? he's too cool. I gotta s I don't wanna if my male people are listening, my mail carriers, my but they are not. No, that they're cool. cool too. They have good calf muscles, all that walking. Yeah. They are the heroes. He's, America. If this guy lived in LA, though, he would own a record store. Yeah. Yeah. So we meet John. He was the man from the beginning. He's Hannah's father. He gets the call. He and his wife get the call that Hannah has jumped. And he gets the call from Craig at the scene. Craig is at the scene where Hannah is laying on the ground and saying, Hannah jumped out the window. I have to go. So I thought, why did he not wait until he called from the hospital? Like he called and then he talks to somebody else says, oh, she jumped, but she's still alive. Oh, the police are here. I have to go. And it's very strange. Like, I don't know if that would be my first instinct to call the parents or if I would wait until there was information. It has to be only a couple minutes until the police showed up. So it's very interesting. I don't know. To me, it seemed a little strange. But again, I can't judge someone for how they behave in times of stress. Yeah, I would love to know the number of minutes we had that the police arrived, because it seems like you'd just be sitting next to your significant other, right? Right, You'd just be knelt down next to them, not trying to make phone calls. Phone calls. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So the police asked Craig to show the police, the police asked Craig to show them around the apartment, but not touch anything. The baby is there. They have that little baby. They thought Craig was very calm, but they thought maybe he's in shock because they know everyone reacts differently, so you can't really judge. They did have a lot of questions of the what just happened here variety. Dennis loves that expression. That is not the first time he has used that phrase. Hannah, we learn, loved sports growing up. She moved to the U.S. when she was six. Dennis is now in Florida with John, the dad, who's an engineer. And yo, he's wealthy. This man has made so much money in container freight business. And he's a mechanical engineer. Hannah grew up with money, but she loved to help. So she and her friend, who I'm calling bread friend from now on. His name is Jason. His name is Jason. I love Jason. So she and this friend of hers, who's just adorable, and they grew up together. One night they were out late and they saw racks of bread outside a supermarket. And they thought, oh, this bread is all going to be thrown away. That's such a waste. And there are people on the street starving. So they load up their cars with bread, couldn't close their trunks because there's so much bread. And bread is squishy, so I'm surprised they had trouble closing their trunks because you could wow. smush that sucker down. But yeah. so they go and they drive around to try to give it to unhoused people, and <laughs> they can't even get rid of it all because it's so much bread—two cars worth of bread. Then it turns out it wasn't day-old bread; it was bread Publix was going to sell that morning <laughs> to the that public. That is really funny. They stole two cars worth of bread. This is the best, what I'm calling a memory story, because we always have an old friend or a family tell some story. They're never this funny. This is the best story I think we've ever heard. This is the best story. I just love it. It tells you who they are, and it is hilarious, and it's so much better 
for then lit up a room had a contagious smile. This is so good. It's great. I love it that they tried. They tried really, really hard. Also, that they took it from the fancy supermarket. So they thought that Hannah might survive her injuries, which would have been unbelievable. Seven stories. But she sadly dies at the hospital, and she's never able to tell police what happened. Craig tells Elizabeth, the photographer friend, she says he sounded devastated. And she's so upset because poor Isabel, the baby, lost her mom. Craig tells police Hannah was very depressed. She drank a lot of wine and took some pills. She became drowsy and he told her to go to bed. Then he was in the living room and 50 minutes later, he hears a noise from the bedroom. He goes in and he sees her jumping out of the window head first. So he kind of just saw her feet. So what noise did he hear? I don't know if it was a scream or like rustling or the window opening, perhaps, because the window probably had to be opened. So the window is so strange. The building, it's on a slant and you have to open the window and then prop it up outwards. I'm not explaining it very well, but I'll I'll post a picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a window that you're just pushing up and you have a whole half a window, half a screen open. It's sort of awkwardly positioned Mm -hmm. to open the window outward like that. It's not what you would think of if someone was going to go out a window. This is not the ideal window. No, and it would make also a dental fall very, very unlikely because of the way you had to prop open and you would have to climb kind of. No, it's either on purpose, like somebody put her there on purpose or she put herself there on purpose. There's no accident. Yeah. So they're on the seventh floor and on the fourth floor balcony, there are shattered flower pots on the table. So apparently she fell onto the fourth floor balcony on that table. And then, as Dennis says, catapulted onto the street. Dennis. I did not understand the physics of that. I don't think she bounced. I don't like the word catapulted. I don't either. But Dennis, I love you. But it's very strange that she would break that. I don't know. Are they sure that she's the one who broke that? Or could that have already been broken? So it's she very broke her fall three stories down on the fourth but, floor and then uh-huh, fell three more then, stories. Right. Yeah, it just it doesn't totally make sense to me. Physics wise, if she did fall on that table and break that coffee, that pot, I feel like all of the pots would be broken, not just a couple. And I feel like the table would be broken. I feel like she would break the table. Falling three stories, I think, would break a table. Unless it's a steel table, but it looks to be like a wooden table. So I'm not sure I buy that. That's confusing. If anyone has any info, let me know. So a partially open suitcase is on the floor. There's an empty wine bottle by the bed. More on all of that later. Craig doesn't have any scratches on him. He gives them pills that they're going to test. He, They think right away it's a suicide. That's what Craig is saying. And they conclude their investigation after two hours. Wow. And as Dennis says to the investigators, it's a case closed, as we say in English. I love Dennis. I just can't. I don't have words. That Belgian inspector, the first one, Frederick, with the steely blue eyes, who was a very <laughs> handsome Belgian man. Do you think that? Yeah. What do you think he thought of our Dennis? Do you think that he was delighted <laughs> by him? Because it was hard to tell. I don't honestly don't know if he thought. I don't think he was nearly as delighted as we are with how folksy Dennis is. It was hard to tell. He was a hard yeah, read. Hard I could not yes. get a read from Frederick. 
Yeah. I was trying. Craig tells his sister Tara that he tried to save her and catch her, but he couldn't. No. When he went downstairs, he Hannah kept saying to him, I'm so sorry. Please help me. I love you. I wish one of the other spectators had gotten there in time to see if she was saying anything. The witness was there. He didn't get there in time, though. I think she was passed out by that time. No. She was moaning, the, I think he no. said. No. The witness came as he came out of the building. You're right. The mailman saw him come out. So then did the mailman not see that part? The mailman could have corroborated this whole thing. Yes, he could have. Dateline. I'm guessing the mailman didn't hear anything, and that's why they didn't say anything. But then the mailman could also dispute and say Craig is lying, because I never heard her say that. I'm guessing the mailman also was the one to call the authorities. That's possible, too. So maybe he was on the phone. Right. Hannah's parents arrive in Belgium. Dad John goes to the bedroom, opens the window, and looks out. And he sees tracks, marks on the shingle, on the roof, like white scratches. It's very eerie. And dad thinks there's no way this is a suicide. There's also a bunch of nails that are sticking straight up and then kind of bent. And it's like following the trail of where the scratches are. We need an engineer like dad John on every case, I think. He could be a crime scene investigator. Mm -hmm. So he needs to see what her hands look like. Dennis calls him an amateur detective, which I liked. I would call him Mm -hmm. a J.B. Fletcher. That's what I like. John goes to the morgue, and he convinces them to let him see her hands, even though they don't want to let him. But he's like, no, I just need to take some pictures of her hands. And he goes in, and the hands are all cut up, matching the nails on the roof. It's horrific. Also, trigger warning, they do show us the actual show pictures the of her hands. hands, which I was very surprised that they did on Dateline, and I'm wondering if they went back and forth on it. It was very helpful to see, so we understood the kind of marks on her hands, but it was also very sad, because this is incredibly tragic. Yeah, usually we get blurred out body parts, or we get feet. Sometimes we yeah. get blurred out, but we see feet. Yeah. To see the bloody hands was a lot. Was a lot. Craig told John he saw a hand or a foot going out the window. So now he's saying he can't tell which if she went head first or feet first. She saw he saw an appendage. I could I could kind of buy that if it was happening really fast. If it was a hand or a foot, I think that I kind of buy that. And she's barefoot because she's in underwear and she's and a barefoot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He tells John he didn't rush to the window and look down, which John finds weird. I don't know if I would. People in the movies always seem to do that when someone jumps out a window. They always seem to run and look like yes, it's instinct. Because I think it's your natural instinct to see if like you can grab someone. So if right. someone is holding on to a piece of something outside, maybe you can get them up. So yes, your That's natural instinct would I would think would be to run to the window to see if you could do anything. Right. And then run downstairs. I would be so horrified at what I was going to see. I wouldn't want to see it. But you're right. Maybe they're not dead yet. Maybe you do have a chance. Maybe they are hanging on to the balcony below or something. And you could save them. And maybe you are frozen in shock. Like, you can't believe you saw what you just saw. Maybe. Yeah. So he says he goes downstairs and he took the elevator. And John says, why didn't you take the staircase? It would have been so much faster. Well, 
there would be two datelines if you took the staircase. We all know what happens on staircases. We do. We definitely but do. But I could see thinking the elevator would be faster. I don't, I'm not fast on what? stairs. I'm quite on stairs. He's a Navy bomb person. That's true. Seven flights of stairs, though. What if it's a fast? No, it's probably one of those like European old it's elevators not. that's slow. All elevators are slow. Fastest elevator in the world is not going to be faster than you running two stairs at a time down the stairs because your wife just fell out a window. I would like a speed test. So if anyone is lives in an apartment building. The elevator makes no sense. Just do it doesn't. Test. You're you're pressing the button. It's just what the elevator's waiting at the penthouse. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, that's the only part. If you knew it was already there or you pressed it and you saw it, I would maybe press it. And if it wasn't there, if it was at floor one, I would obviously run. But if it was at the seventh floor, like I pressed it and just saw where it was, then I would go in. I guess if I came out of the door and the elevator doors were open to my floor, I would get in it. Okay, see? But maybe. I still don't think I would. I still think okay. I would run. I'm still going to do a speed test, except not with me, because I'm not going down any stairs. I'll be the person in the elevator. I just, I think your instinct would be to run. I think if it was your wife, you're correct. I do agree that your yes. instinct would be to run. Run. Yeah, I'm just not good on stairs, guys. I fell down the stairs a long time ago, and I have a little bit of PTSD, and I get a I'm little sorry. dizzy on stairs. So, right. I, yeah, I can't go on stairs. So, John is very suspicious. He thinks there's always been something about Craig that bothered me. The whole wedding thing. We I He says, I was ticked about the there wedding. There we go. Roy he doesn't say royally ticked, but I felt the royally ticked. He's Swedish. He's he, not gonna say that. He and his wife would have loved to have been at the wedding and thrown their daughter a wedding. But instead, Hannah called them and said, I got married ten days ago. Now that's also on Hannah because she waited ten days to tell them. Cause she knew they were gonna be mad. Yeah. He said, put Craig on the phone. Craig, how could you marry Hannah and not even talk to us? So he put the onus solely on Craig because he did plan the wedding and Hannah didn't really know about it. But she didn't have to get married that she could have said no. And you could said, have also no, I told wait. her parents and let them be. Here's why this doesn't work for me. She's an yeah. only child. That's why right. it doesn't work for me. You could have really easily called the parents and been like, I'm going to do this surprise thing. If you want to come, here's the date. Yeah. You know, extended and I do think the invitation. Yeah, invited. He was a very wealthy man, and I'm sure he had been thinking, I can't wait to splurge on my daughter's big day. I'm sure he had been thinking about it, you know, yeah. maybe since she was a little girl. And again, I'm not with the tradition at all, but the whole thing is just very strange. It's, And yeah. I understand why his feelings were hurt. So Hannah's bread friend, Jason also thought that he seemed controlling and he was isolating her from his friends. And Dennis says, he wanted your nose out of the tent. What tent? Don't worry about it. Is that an expression? He's doing it to mess with you. Just let it go. And no, that has to be an expression. We've been wrong it, before. No, it's a, it's an expression. It's just rare. It's rare to me and rare to you and Have not you rare heard to it? Dennis. Have you heard it? Maybe once in my life. Okay. So... Jason, the friend, says that Hannah was very lonely because he was gone so much for Army slash Navy. 
And five years into the marriage, Hannah told friends that right before they moved to Belgium, she had an affair with Craig's friend. Wow. That's my first OMG moment. I did not see that coming. Mm. And her friend says, yeah, she was having an affair with Craig's friend. And Dennis says she was sleeping with him. Yeah. It wasn't like an emotional affair, Dennis. She wants to be crystal clear. (laughs) He wants to be crystal clear that there was boom, boom involved. There was so after they moved to Belgium, Craig found out about the affair when he found a message on her computer. And after that, he became even more controlling. She told bread friend Jason, I can't talk to you because I can't even keep your phone, your number in my phone because he doesn't want me to have any men friends. And Dennis says to Jason, did you say I'm gay? I'm not a romantic threat. I threw my notes. I was like, what, Dennis, did you just out Jason or is he already I out? I wrote down, did Dennis just out this guy on Dateline? <laughs> he didn't seem to be that surprised. He seemed to be like, yeah, yeah, I told her. So I think he's out and proud. He seemed to be not surprised at all. So but it's also, then, that's concerning to me. Oh, that's that she such a have... huge red flag that we've seen on so many Datelines. Women, if your husband is doing that, that is... Preventing you from having friends and isolating you, that is textbook abuser and textbook future dateliner. And also the not having friends at the wedding, not having family at the wedding. Again, now that falls under more like kind of a dark cloud, not as romantic. Mm -hmm. Yep. So then we meet another, a Belgian friend of Hannah, Ida. And Dennis is again having cafe at the cafe with Ida. And she doesn't buy that it was suicide. She never liked Craig. He made her feel uncomfortable when she very first met him in her own home. She felt like he was judging her, thinking that she wasn't good enough. And she tells this story about Hannah surprising Craig by sewing some drapes for their apartment. And she was so proud and so excited. She had spent all day with Ida getting fabric and doing these drapes. And she was so excited that she filmed his reaction so that she could see how excited he would be about these drapes. And instead, he's the biggest D-bag that ever did. He says, I think it looks effing terrible. It's the most hideous fabric I've ever seen, and I want to take it down immediately. I hate it. I'm sure the craftsmanship is good, but whatever colors your friend and you picked out makes me want to throw up in my mouth. And he's doing it with a smile, kind of. He's doing it like, I'm sorry, but these are hideous. And so it's jokey, but it's his words are not jokey. No, they're cutting. And there's nothing nice in it. No. And Ida is watching the tape and she says, I have a name, Bisque. It's Ida, which is kind of like Ida, but it's Belgian and it's Ida. She seems irritated that he knew where she was all day at her house and he doesn't use your friend. Yeah. Like it's weird that she has a friend. Yeah. Or he doesn't like her hanging out with this friend. It, it's not a good look. Not a good look. No, it's bad. Speaking of the opposite of fabrics that make you want to throw up in your mouth... Let's talk Bombus. Bombus makes you want to maybe throw up in your mouth from excitement. Okay. And also maybe because you're just working out so hard. I used to take cardio kickboxing and I'm sure I got 
pretty nauseous a few times. I understand. I also used to play tennis a long time ago in unhealthy weather conditions that, yes, would make me sick. And I, boy, did I wish I had Bombas back then because they make breathable t-shirts that keep you from overheating, underwear made to move with you, and socks that are sweat-wicking, blister-preventing, friction-free socks that support your sport. My sport is house fixing. I'm calling that a sport right now because it makes me break a sweat. Bombas performance socks are made with technically advanced features like proprietary hex tech, which incorporates sweat wicking yarns, strategic zone cushionings, and built-in ventilation to increase airflow. And they are a gym bag staple. They're made to last. And if they experience any wear and tear, Bombas will replace them for life. Mm. You can also go head to toe, sock to top in Bombas lightweight t-shirts, which are designed to feel cool against your skin. They have underwear so airy and breathable that you may forget you're even wearing it because Bombas makes getting active way more comfortable. So no matter how you like to get active, Bombas has something in store for you. They have gripper socks that help you stay balanced in Pilates and bar and also help you going up and down slippy stairs when you're doing home improvement or or in danger. Bombas is a 100% happiness guarantee that means you're covered for life. So reach out anytime to their happiness teams for easy returns, exchanges, and replacements. And don't forget, socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the number one, number two, and number three most requested items in homeless shelters. That's why for every comfy item you purchase, Bombas donates another comfy item to someone who is unhoused. Thank you so much, Bombas, for doing that. It is better than stealing bread that is not yours to give away. It's really, truly incredible for a company in this day and age to go that far. We applaud we you, We applaud Bombas. you. Go to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. What are you waiting for? That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout. Bombas, 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 Bombas. Check out their underwear and t-shirts, too. I love. Thank you, Bombas. I know you love. You love. I love. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Everyone knows I'm always working on my self-improvement and maybe not reading Apple podcast reviews that tell me how annoying I am. Part of that is learning more about yourself. Self-discovery, let's call it. And from this episode, I've learned that I want to desperately move to Belgium and sip cafe at a cafe with Dennis Murphy. I've also discovered that I'm terrified to tell my parents this. Thank goodness for therapy, including family therapy. Being there for my parents and helping them out as they get older can be very stressful. Yes. And so is separating yourself from your parents and taking care of yourself first so that you can take care of them. And that can make you feel very guilty for doing that. Anyone who has parents that are of a certain age, I think, can relate to that. So it's something that I talk to my therapist about and talk to my parents about. I've really gotten so much benefit from that. I will always sing the praises of therapy and consider this your push to try it. If you've been on the fence, like, I don't know if my problems are big enough. Any problems of any size, 
are great to bounce off of a therapist. BetterHelp yes. is online, it's convenient, it's flexible, and it's quick to get started. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash dateline to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash dateline. Because we can all use a little better help. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you. So a year before Hannah's death, mm -hmm. they go back to visit Florida and they're fighting even in front of Hannah's parents, so much so that he left to go to a hotel and then flew back early to Belgium. Wow. And her family sits her down for an intervention, one of Katie's favorite shows. She <laughs> admits is. that he was emotionally abusive to her and very controlling and she wanted out. And bread friend Jason was like, don't go back to Belgium. And she's doesn't really want to go back, but she also decides she wants to keep her commitment to the marriage and she doesn't want it to look like she's giving up. And this turns out to be obviously a fatal decision. Dennis Murphy, who is basically a psychologist at this point, says yeah. this Dr. goes Dennis. back to Dr. Dennis, her being the toughest athlete, the toughest swimmer. Do you think that has to do with her just not giving up attitude? And everyone agrees. But unfortunately, when she goes back to Belgium, no reconciliation. And Dennis is telling this as he walks down cobblestone streets, which made me very nervous because it's very uneven territory is cobblestone. And I worry about Dennis. I don't want any falls what? or broken Dennis hips. looks right at home. Let him be. He looks great. <laughs> so they sleep in separate bedrooms, Hannah and Craig. A divorce is in the works. Hannah starts oh. a relationship with a maintenance guy at her work, and Craig did not like this. And part of this is a fully classist it thing. Like, I'm not going to be replaced by a janitor. That's according to Ida that he looks down on people. Yeah. So her, Hannah's work supervisor said Hannah was excited because she had signed a lease on a new apartment the very day of her death. And she had found new furniture. She was also the very next day going to China with her dad for the shortest trip to Asia I've ever heard of. Two days. <laughs> Who goes to China for two days? Rich people. Just pop in, pop out, China. Just quick China trip. Two days. What? I thought that was so cool. It's so cool. If I would love to go to China. I need to build in like a couple days jet lag. Where I just sit in the hotel and eat room service and try to find American television. But that's because you're coming from here. She's not going to. You're have right. That. She's coming from Europe. She's going to be fine. Less. Yeah. Wait a minute. You missed the Dennis quote here. Did you get it? Okay, I'm going to give it to you. Let me see if you know what it means. Hannah had taken her lumps and was ready to start the next chapter of her life. Yeah, taking your lumps. I, you have I not don't heard know that. that? That's I have a not real heard expression. That one. That's a pretty common expression. Lovely lady taking lumps. lumps. Taking no, her, her my, my lumps, my lumps, my lumps. My lovely no. lady lumps. Not, that's, not black eyed no. peas. No, that's humps. This is like a life had hit her down and she had taken it and she would get back up again. Like she had gotten beat up in the ring a little, but she's getting back up again. I would still call this a denicism. Sure. I've, yeah, but I don't I've think we've heard it, it before on a dateline. No, we probably haven't. Okay, there we go. So dad, John, is now sure that Craig killed her. 
here's what gets complicated. Remember our last episode with Mank when we interviewed him? I think this was our last. I think this was Mank. He said, if you're going to kill someone, pick someone who has threatened suicide in the past or attempted suicide in the past. It's much easier to get (gasps) away with it. We had the Las Vegas case. Is that what you're talking about? That's the one well, I'm I remember Mank saying it specifically to us. It was Mank in Vegas. There we go. That that Vegas case with the guy who was giving way too much details about their sex life, remember? And then was doing a lot of cocaine in the hotel room and the alleyway oh, that we that thought alleyway? was a, a corridor. I re- yeah. The, I remember yeah, the corridor. The prostitution yeah. corridor the that we couldn't get over. Prostitution corridor. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So we learn from friends and family that when Hannah was in her 20s, she had an ED. She went through a bad breakup. One night, she talked about suicide. And her dad had her volunteer or tried to, she was voluntarily committed to a facility for a few days, but they determined she wasn't going to be a harm to herself. She really turned her mental health around and was happy. And but of course, now if her husband's saying she killed herself, that's pretty, you know? Yeah. But Craig had also been complaining to his friend. See, I thought the friend's name was Jason. The friend's name was what? I have it as Randy, but it could be Jason. Okay, Randy. Craig complains to his Navy friend that Hannah had a drinking problem. And Dennis said, was she a sloppy, embarrassing drunk? Oh, my goodness. Dennis. And another person who's more a friend of hers also does back up that she did maybe abuse alcohol. Her photographer friend, Elizabeth, the one who had photographed the secret wedding, ran. she tells a very interesting story. She ran into them at the airport when they were going back to Florida a year before she died. And Craig very kindly offered to switch seats with her so that the friend could move up to first class and sit with Hannah so they could catch up and he would sit in the back. Very interesting. Yeah. Hannah told her that she was on some medication. It was making her feel like a zombie and not like herself. She clearly wasn't on the right dosage or medication. And Elizabeth felt like she seemed like kind of a shell of herself. She was also drinking on the plane a lot, and Elizabeth was concerned. So we have a couple people backing up. We have one person backing up the drinking that they saw in person, and we have the Navy friend who heard it from Craig that she was drinking a lot. Now, Craig's sister, Tara, who loves Hannah and Mrs. Hannah, says she was a wonderful person, but I don't think she got the correct diagnosis and the mental health help that she should have, and I think that she killed herself. And she also points out, which is true, that your mental health can change at the drop of a hat. So everyone can see you being very positive, and literally an hour later, everything's changed. So, And you never really know what someone is going through, even if they are acting happy. We've seen this before. So she thinks it was a suicide, but Craig is her brother also. She doesn't want to think that he would do something like this. So This is hard. It's very tricky. Then we meet an officer at Shape, which is not a Kim Kardashian's new line of shapewear or a magazine. Supreme Headquarters Allied Powers Europe. Sounds like a lot of words that aren't meant to go together. Craig (laughs) used to work there, 
and a police that we made a police supreme headquarters sounds supreme headquarters bad. allied powers europe that it seems like there are words missing mm-hmm. so craig used to work there and we meet a police inspector claude Clo- claude closen claude mutton chop he is a european man with the fanciest mutton chops crazy wildly fancy beard brilliant mutton chops brilliant so great and claude gets a report from an are an American major who worked in the office who said, you know, Craig took some pills out of his old desk, some pink pills. And I thought it was strange. He used to work there. He came back to retrieve these, this baggie of pink pills. And then when the major heard that Hannah died, he thought I should tell someone about these pills. Uh-huh. So Claude tells a magistrate or a judge and they say we need to have an autopsy. Yeah, which is great. They really took this seriously. And there Good. was supposed to be a cremation of her body, and the judge stops it. And he sends the body to a coroner for an autopsy. Just now, on the pills? Just because he hears this about the pills. That's pretty good. Good That's job, good. guys. Yeah. Now, Claude was not on the case, but people keep dropping into the office to say there's something fishy afoot. And so now he's on the case. So Hannah's parents come to him and they show him photos of the scratches on the roof. And Ida goes and tells him her suspicions. She does it for baby Isabel and she wants to do the right thing. Hannah's new boyfriend, the janitor shows up and says, here's my phone. Look at these text messages from Hannah. So that morning of her death, Hannah had texted him. I love you so much. All of this stuff. But that night, 13 minutes before she died, she texted, Craig is being so darn sweet. It's confusing. I love him and I love you. I have the sweetest baby with him. He was an a-hole, but now he's changed. And he doesn't want me anymore because he knows I've been with you. I effing hate my life. It's kind of all over the place. It doesn't make a lot of sense and sounds maybe like someone who was drunk. Hmm. Or maybe it wasn't her that wrote it. So Claude finds out that two days before the death, Craig had come into the office to file a report. He explained that he and Hannah were separating and he didn't want her new boyfriend to come to their apartment and help her move out her things. He's like, can I block him from coming into the apartment? And they said, he also said, I also want you guys to know in this report that Hannah has a problem with alcohol and meds, which he's been telling everyone. He said she drank between half and three fourths of a bottle of wine alone five days a week. And the police said, well, what do you want us to do about this? And he said, I just want it to be noted that I made a report. I just want it on the record. I don't like that. So... Finally, the police are, well, actually not finally, it happened pretty fast, like four days after the incident. The police, photographers, and CSI show up at the apartment. They're now investigating. Of course, it has been trampled on by family and friends for the last four days, but they're at least there now. Now we've jumped ahead five months later. I don't know what happened in that five months, but Dateline jumped ahead, so we're jumping with them. They bring in Craig again. They've been interviewing him this whole time. A magistrate charges him with murder with premeditation, and they arrest him. Mm. So then 
there's drama with the baby. So Craig is behind bars. He wants his mom to watch baby Isabel. And Hannah's parents hear that the mom is going to bring baby Isabel to the U.S. and give her to Craig's friend. We don't know if that was true or if she was going to watch the baby, but they hear that she's going to give her them give the baby to his friend. And they thought, well, we're blood relatives, which was a great show on ID that we miss. And <laughs> we should be watching her. So yeah. they file like a complaint about this and they put a stop to this baby transfer. So there's an alert out and in the airport in Germany, Isabel's taken away and put with an American military family. And she stays for six weeks before a magistrate gives them custody. And I'm sure that's not what John wanted to happen for the baby no. to be displaced for six weeks, but that's no. what happened. And yeah. so now everyone's just mad and fighting over the baby. Yeah, that's bad. Now we do get some backstory on John, who's again very rich. His labor of love has been excavating on a big excavator, like big one of those big he's the he's on the machine doing the digging in the trenches. <laughs> He's renovating this huge 100-year-old mansion on the water in Florida. It's 15,000 wow. square feet. It's humongous. I, and wow. he wanted to live there with his wife and have Hannah and the baby move into the carriage house. I love carriage house. I know. Once she got divorced, he really wanted her to move in. That house, honestly, it's so gorgeous and so old-fashioned. I bet you could put your a whole wing for your cats. I think you'd have cat wing and it would just be a bunch of like climbing things and monkey bars and cat food and just, it wouldn't smell great, but they would have a ball. Attention cat lovers out there. If you are a cat lover like me, I have to tell you about my new favorite cat company, a new brand that I truly love. So I want everyone's complete and undivided attention because this is about cats, not necessarily my cats, Yes, because everything is about my cats, but your cats too. We need to discuss the most beautiful piece of cat furniture that I've ever seen from a company called Mao, spelled M-A-U. It is the classiest, cutest, kitty and kitty owner friendliest cat tree I have ever seen. Literally, Oliver and I unboxed it together and we both said, oh, wow, at the exact same time. <laughs> Mao is revolutionizing the cat furniture game. And you'll understand what I mean as soon as you check them out. These cat trees are gorgeous to look at. I'm talking handcrafted natural wooden branches. They look like little actual trees. Extremely high quality materials. The one that I got is the Cento. The coolest thing is it's so easy to clean. The cushions are machine washable. And also the cushions can be swapped out for your favorite colors. So we just got the basic white cushions, which are basically look like little fluffy clouds. Mm -hmm. They're super soft, but you can get mint green, you can get lilac, and you can get almost like a taupey color. So your cat will camouflage itself into it. It's great. <laughs> and their products are incredibly sturdy. The Cento that I got is capable of handling cats up to 23 pounds. Don't say a word, Kimberly. Size beautiful. And you could filter their products by your cat's weight if your cat has is size can? beautiful. You can by using the filter on their collection pages. I love that they are size positive, all size inclusive. 
They are. They are size beautiful cat friendly. And I have one very particular size beautiful cat. We call him too big to fly, too big to fail. <laughs> His name is Bruce. <laughs> Bruce is flying high on the Sento cat tree. He is in kitty heaven. And not only does Mao provide top quality products, they also offer a 45-day risk trial. And everything is backed by a one-year warranty. On top of that, all the wear and tear parts are replaceable. So you don't have to throw it away and purchase a new one. Which if you are like me, I've probably purchased 15 cat trees in the lifespan of my cats, which is not that long. No. They break down or somebody wrecks it. This makes this tree incredibly worth it. I am so happy with Mao. They are also a company that cares. They are sustainably sourced. They use sustainably sourced wood from pear trees that no longer bear fruit. Wow. 5% of proceeds are donated to animal welfare and environmental conservation. And one actual tree is planted for every product purchased. I love that. Yeah. Mao is the bestest. So check them out. I cannot recommend these cat trees high enough. They have made my cats so happy. Right now, the one who is hogging it the most is not the one you would think. It's not Ulysses, who normally claims all new furniture for herself. The one who got to it first was actually Brunhilda, who might be my least talked about cat, but the one who deserves it the most. And I'm Mm. really happy because there's a little hidey hole in the Cento. And just the minute we put it up, we walked in and Hildy was in the hidey hole. So treat yourself and your kitty. Visit malpets.com slash dateline and get 5% off your first purchase. That's maupets.com slash dateline for 5% off your first purchase. Mao oh my. Those are some happy kitties. (laughs) Thank you, Mao. Meow. Meow. Okay, first of all, let me rewind. We did an AMA a few weeks ago, and someone asked what our least favorite household chore was, and I said laundry? False. 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 I can't emphatically say that enough. I hate taking out the trash. I hate it so much that I have bags that pile up in my kitchen and pizza boxes and like I'm embarrassed. And then I do it like in the cover of darkness because I don't want my neighbors to see how much trash I'm throwing out. And also I hate the smell of the dumpster. So it's like a traumatic experience. I hate taking out the trash. Let me just. There's a show for people that that have trash built up, but I can't think of the name. It starts with an H. And it's on A&E. It's fine. Go ahead. I'm calling Dr. Zazio right now. That's fine. If I was living on the seventh floor of this apartment building, taking out the trash would be my nightmare because I don't think they have trash chutes in those little European apartments. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me know. I don't know. I don't know. Thank goodness for Lomi. It has cut down my trash so much and... I shouldn't say that it's almost as important because the environment's the most important thing, but my disgust is equally important to me, and it's made my trash so much less stinky, and that is almost as important to me as the lack of the reduction in my trash. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps into dirt with the push of a button in under four hours, and there is no smell. This past week, I put in leftover Chinese food, leftover pizza, and oranges. And if that combination sounds revolting, it looked revolting. Snap the lid on, close it, no smell. 
No Love freaking it. smell. And it's so quiet when it's working. I could still record and you can't hear it. And then you open it up and you have dirt for your yard. Since my city is dumb and doesn't compost, I need to do something with this. I don't want it going in the landfill where it produces methane. Methane is a greenhouse gas that is contributing to global warming. I love these little steps, like using my Lomi, using reusable shopping bags, little steps that collectively make a big difference. And I love supporting a company that's trying to help the environment. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact today or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash date dateline and use the promo code date dateline to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 Ooh. off when you head to Lomi.com slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip to the garbage can. Thank you, Lomi. Thank you, Choo-choo. Lomi. Get on that Lomi train, everybody. Chugga, 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 All chugga, aboard. Chugga, 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 chugga. Lomi. Next stop, conservation. <laughs> so, okay, get ready for another loss, guys. Uh, Hannah's mom, Yvonne, who is also John's wife, Never gets over losing Hannah. She Ugh. tries to kill herself twice mm. in despair. And then one morning in 2017, she dies of an aneurysm in John's arms. And they have been married for 42 years. Oh, my gosh. Poor John. John. So Craig's sister, Tara, says, I still love and miss Hannah, but this is her fault. And she's like, I, that probably sounds harsh. But it is what it is. This would be a tough and call, though. Your brother's it is. Yeah, arrested. and Totally. Yeah, mm. Craig's friend from the military says, if it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck, she killed herself. Poor now, taste. Poor taste. It is Poor taste. 1,000% not smells like a duck. There's no duck here. Just to clarify, that expression never has been... Smells like a duck. What does a duck smell like? Even what are you talking? It's looks, walks, quacks. Never smells. <laughs> but that's okay. I understand you're conflicted. Katie does a good that voice. In 2022, the military court martial trial starts, and the jury is not nor- normal jury members. They are high-ranking military that are going to decide. And friends testify that Hannah was moving on with her life. She would never kill herself. She would never leave her daughter. Ida Mm. takes the stand, the Belgian friend, and she looks at him in a power move. I love when someone looks down someone, just stares someone down. Love that. She says Hannah wasn't an alcoholic. In fact, she had been dedicated her life to cutting back ever since that trip to Florida. And this is backed up by the autopsy. Hannah's blood work showed only trace amounts of alcohol. And her hair showed she hadn't abused alcohol for months. That was an OMG moment for me. Because Craig, Craig said she had been drinking a ton of wine that night. And he had filed that report saying she was a huge drinker and was drinking a bottle of wine every day. But he wasn't living there. Or was he living there? No, they were living there in separate bedrooms. Oh, okay. All right. He was, the inspector, Claude, thinks that he was setting up the murder ahead of time. That's where the premeditation comes in. He was laying the groundwork 
by telling everyone that she was an alcoholic. And Craig had not only been telling everyone that Hannah was an alcoholic, he had also bought a bottle of wine that night. Despite the day before or two days before filing a report that she can't handle her alcohol. And I think that's where problem. I was confused that he was living there or not because it said they brought he brought over a bottle of wine that night. He brought home a bottle of wine that night. Home a bottle of wine. Got yes. It. All right. That he bought, which is exactly what you want to do if your wife is an alcoholic and you have a baby at home. Yeah, that sounds smart. They find in her autopsy that there was Ambien in her system. And Ambien's are usually pink, according to Dateline. And Craig had retrieved those pink pills from his old desk. That were in a baggie for some reason. Why were they in a baggie? Yeah. Weird. And why were they at his work desk? <laughs> That's even bigger weird. Why yeah. are a baggie full of Ambien at your work desk? He, They think that he put them in her lasagna. Good thing they didn't have a cat. Garfield. He <laughs> made up the story about her taking the pills. He drugged her with those pills. And then he put the wine by her bed to make her look drunk. Her phone was found in the living room, even though she was passed out in the bedroom. So how did she send those texts to her boyfriend at the time? They think Craig sent those text messages to make it look like she was conflicted and confused and upset and drunk. So then they do recreations of the fall and they feel like her legs went out first, not head first, like he said. Although he had said he wasn't sure to John, but he told everyone else. She went out head first. And Mm. the recreations, I have to say, very dramatic, very creepy. You see actual people pretending to be her, pushing her out a window. It's It's not great, yeah. It it gives you the chills. So John testifies that Hannah had called him in 2013 saying he's trying to kill me. He had thrown her down and tried to strangle her. But then she went press charges because she didn't want to ruin his military career. So Inspector Klaus Klosen says that he thinks John was scared that she would change her mind now that they were getting a divorce and file that report that he was abusive and ruin his military career. And that was one of his motives. I think probably a lot of it, too, was she was dating this other guy, maybe custody of the daughter. Yeah. There's a lot of murder possibilities when you're going through a separation or a divorce. I think more she was probably going to use that if there was going to be a custody problem with the daughter, that she was going to use the assault. Yeah, that's fair too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the most dangerous time for any woman to leave an abusive relationship. Right. Is when they're leaving. So the defense says there's no motive. There's no sign of a struggle. There's no hard evidence. The investigation didn't seal the crime scene, and they didn't collect evidence until a few days later. And the bottle of pills that Craig had given them that night when he said, she's on pills and she's drunk, he gave them pills, but because they thought it was a suicide that night, they just threw those pills away. So those pills were never tested. That stinks. Yeah. The blood results that showed that there was no alcohol in her system The samples were stored in a fridge where employees store their lunch. I was like, get these police a second garage fridge so they can be rich, per Katie's definition of rich. Also, get them another fridge because it's not sanitary. So Craig's sister thinks, well, maybe they could have been tampered with. 
No. No idea why they would be tampered with or who is trying to frame him. The military is trying to frame their own guy. I doubt right. it. Right. No. Or she thinks maybe the wrong sample. They got switched. Or maybe they grabbed someone's Subway sandwich instead of the blood and got it confused. I don't know exactly. The f- In the same freezer, refrigerator is not great, but that doesn't mean that it's not still accurate. It's just kind of gross to me and maybe not up to standards or at least maybe U.S. CSI standards. I'm guessing that also it wasn't like that there was a bunch of blood vials and then literally someone's baguette. I don't think it was like that. I think it's <laughs> I don't think it was like, like that either. There's a drawer or a different section of the fridge that right. is for that. And then a different part of the refrigerator host. I don't know how many crime scenes I would hope they so. have in this area in Mons. Yeah. So, but I'm guessing just- they weren't all together on a shelf. Right. There's nothing that would lead us to believe that this sample had any more likely of any other murder trial samples getting switched. And at some point, you just have to trust that the samples weren't switched. You have to trust the people doing the forensics or else so many murder cases would go out the window. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to, you know, unless there's like history of that lab being negligent or improper, you know. Right. So. The pills he retrieved from his desk were Ritalin for ADHD. That's what he no. says. I would love to know if Ritalin is pink. Does it's not. No, it's not pink. I looked it Thank up. Thank you. Thank you. I looked you. it up. So every when so, I did a Google image search of Ritalin, not one came back pink. People are probably going to say yes. I've had Ritalin. There's and a it's generic been pink. version, maybe that's pink. I don't know. But in the pictures that I'm seeing, they're not pink. Yeah, I see that. Maybe they were pink in. That yeah, time, that's true. But, that's true. Or maybe they are pink in Europe. That's true, too. So police never found the bag that he, again, why were they in a bag at your desk? Oh, because the, he says they were Ritalin. So he maybe said he needed them while he was working. Okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. But no, he said he needed the Ritalin because he was going into business school or whatever, Harvard Business School. And so I guess right, he got so a prescription early, but it's like, are you in it now? Because that's right. not. Also, why do you have I would Ritalin? keep them in a prescription bottle in case my employer or supervisor was like, "Why do you have baggy a baggy full of pills in your why desk?" Do you have a baggy. You, full I would of want pills? to. Sh- if I've learned anything from Below Deck, Captain Sandy and Hannah, I would be like, "I have the prescription. Here's the bottle. Has my name on it. This is all legit, above board." So above seaboard, there you go. The reason all he above went, deck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The reason he went to the police was because when he filed that report, he wanted to know his rights because they were separating. Even though he didn't ask them what his rights are, he just said, "I want this all on record." At least according to the officers who took the statement, he just said he wanted it on a record. Now, her photographer friend Elizabeth testifies for the defense. She says he she was so drunk when she saw her on the plane. She was very out of it and she was concerned about her mental health. She also doesn't think Craig is a killer, which is not a good enough reason to testify. You never know anybody. I can't stress that enough. Craig's sister also thinks he's innocent. And the defense attorney actually says Hannah wanted to get back together with Craig. Even though she told her new boyfriend that morning that she loved him, they think those texts were somehow from her, 
even though she was in the bedroom and the phone was in the living room, when she said she was confused because she loved both of them. I would have loved to have had a fingerprint test on the phone. Great. Exactly. Yep. If it hadn't been done four days later. Yeah. So did she have Ambien in her system? Yes. But he drugged her, perhaps. The defense says what happened was she was kind of out of it. She hears him in the living room talking on the phone to a woman that he was sleeping with. And he had been sleeping with this woman who I think her name was Jackie. Jackie, and yes. <laughs> From 227. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just for the people who did not get it. Our I youngins. wasn't telling you. I was telling other people. If you don't know yeah. who Jackie is from 227, Our you're missing out. You're so missing out. She's still relevant today. Jackie, love her. I just brought so, her up. She's relevant today. I know. I met her and w- embarrassed myself in front of her. I bet you did. I would have too. That's so embarrassing. So they say she hears him on the phone talking to Jack A, who he had been sleeping with either when they got separated or perhaps before they got separated and perhaps he was cheating on her. Now she had slept with his friend, not that tit for tat or it's never right. Hannah was abusing an opiate. Her hair sample did confirm that she had been using this regularly, but we don't know the details if she got a prescription for it and if she was abusing it or just using a maybe regular dosage of it regularly. They're saying I don't feel like we abusing, have enough information. Yeah, I was frustrated because I'm like, was there an unbelievable amount in her system? Also, was she prescribed it? What was frustrating to me was like, who was prescribed all these medications? Was Craig actually prescribed Ritalin? Who was the Ambien prescription for? Who was the Tramadol prescription for? Who laid claim to these prescriptions? We don't get that exactly. in the dateline. I'm assuming they did it in the trial. Mm-hmm. Whose fingerprints were on the pill bottles? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just have questions. It's hard because Ambien's the one that's like, that's the one where you think you're fighting a pirate, right? Yep. And you definitely can't drink on it. No. And if you're combining it with, but she didn't, wasn't drinking. She wasn't drinking. Like so a tiny bit. Yeah. If she combined it with an opiate, though, that could be disaster, I think. So they say the defense says she went out the window, she started to climb out, and then she changed her mind and was clinging to the windowsill. And This explains why a nurse across the street saw a woman hanging from a window and pedaling her feet trying to get up. Can you even imagine? That would haunt you forever if you saw that. I can't imagine. I also don't think that's what happened because I think his story would have been, I didn't hear a sound in the other room. I heard her yelling at me Mm -hmm. because she would have been screaming, help Mm -hmm. or Craig. Mm -hmm. If she had changed her mind. Right. She would not just be scuttling. She would be screaming. Yeah, I got to go back and see exactly what he said. He just said he heard a noise. No, he said I heard a noise. You were right. A noise is not a scream. Right. So the defense builds a mock-up window set, and they use a stand-in woman, and the test subject tries to climb back in the window and uses the and it causes some marks on the roof that are similar to the scratching. And yeah. they also have a man try to push her body that would is pretending to be unconscious 
out the window. But the way the window is designed on the slant, her body would most likely keep falling back into the apartment just because of the design of the window. They also say, well, prosecution saying he drugged her, but several people heard her scream and there were scratch marks. So which is it? Now, I think maybe she was drugged, but she came to as she was being pushed out the window. Maybe she also wasn't drugged to the point of passed out. Maybe she, she was, was just, just really out of it. Yeah, exactly. So the jury reaches a verdict on Hannah's birthday, which is very poetic, and they find him guilty. And these wow. are his fellow military officers that found mm. him guilty. So he gets life with the possibility of parole. He's in prison in Kansas and is appealing. Isabel is being raised by Craig's family, and it's so sad because John has not gotten to see his granddaughter in seven years. That is sad. As if he hasn't lost enough. Yeah, that's unfair. He's planning to finish the renovation of this giant mansion, even though his family is basically gone. His only child, his wife, and his grandchild, gone. John, call us. We will. I will be your friend. You're we can come amazing. over and have Thanksgiving there. Oh, totally. We're inviting ourselves to your mansion for Thanksgiving. Yeah, just we hang it's out. In- Poor We're good John. house guests. This is so sad. But also, they probably won't let him see Isabel because he was the impetus. He was exactly. the one going to the cops and pushing. That's usually what happens. It uh-huh. tears apart the whole family. Uh-huh. But who won't be torn apart or asunder are our amazing supporters of this podcast, including who this episode is dedicated to, Stephanie Yu from Patreon and Amy Z from Supercast. Stephanie and Amy go together in perfect harmony. Stephanie, you the best. And Amy, Z. We love you be- from A to Z. We love you from A to Z. Wait, what were you going to do? It was probably better. No, it wasn't. It was <laughs> Zoo better work, girl. It was not good. It was not good. <laughs> you know, like was, people always zoo, say, Zoo better work, girl. I was trying to be. That common expression I, that for Dennis a minute, says. RuPaul inhabited my body, and I was trying to be. <laughs> I was trying to be cool, and it didn't work. We love you from A to Z is exactly right because it's A and Z. Amy. Yeah. Z. Oh, I Big. didn't even mean it like that. I just meant it because of the Z. Nope, it's, it's even. Way it's more even perfect. Cl- it's so clever. It's, it's so not as clever, clever as you two. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We could not do it without you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This episode is for you, girls. And what do you think really happened here? Which is what I'm about to ask Kimberly, but I'm also curious, Stephanie, you and Amy Z, what you have to say about that. And your opinions count. You are the jury members, whatever you guys decide. Yeah, you count. This is your dedicated episode. You count. So you get to decide. Kimber. Judge and jury. What happened? But I thought Stephanie and Amy are the ones who get to Yeah, I know you're trying to get the heat off you right now, but (laughs) where are you percentages wise of he, he did it? Or she did it. Who did it? I am at 80 to 90% he did it. Mm-hmm. I could tell. You always what think are you? that the husband. I always it. do. It's the husband. And she had just filed a lease on a new apartment and had a new man. Mm-hmm. And like it is Which so also dangerous. doesn't matter. No, it, it doesn't matter be... for suicide. But most like a woman, it is so dangerous for a woman to leave an abusive marriage. It is like the yes. most dangerous time. And so, mm-hmm. and if he Allegedly was controlling abusive. in the past, 
allegedly, allegedly. abusive. And yes. if he was controlling in the past, I think, and him buying the wine and laying the groundwork, like telling people and filing that report, those things don't make sense to me. There is some very- Why would he buy this wine? Suspicious items here. Yes. Some of How this did is she very call suspicious. if she was in the bedroom, but her phone was in the living room? Right. Yeah. I think it is more likely than not that he did it. Yeah, but I don't. Could I say with? Could I say with no reasonable doubt? I don't know. But I would my love gut to have known what this trial, what the jury saw. But they did deliberate for two and a half days, which means they really went over it. So, what was mm-hmm. the tipping point for them? Is what I'm curious about. Right. Well, yeah. What was the one thing where you can't get around it? That they couldn't get around it. Well, partially the elevator. I, think that- I bet you it was the elevator. <laughs> Maybe it was the elevator. It might have been the elevator. Yeah. The fact that she had no alcohol in her system, virtually none, maybe the tiniest bit, hadn't been abusing it for months, and he had gone Mm -hmm. out of his way to say how drunk she was, and told the postman on the street, told the police report, told his best friend, told everyone how drunk. Now, maybe she was abusing opioids. But But why didn't you say that then? Why didn't you say she's she's taking a bunch of painkillers? Right. She's on he pills. Kept saying she's she on drinks, drugs. She drinks a bottle of wine a night by herself, five days a week. And then, and it seemed said. like the afterthought was, and she took some pills. Now, pills maybe were never he was like doing I don't that. even know if he, he knew she was taking the tramadol. She could have been taking the tramadol for a very normal reason. Like we right, have no exactly. idea. Absolutely, I feel it, he could say he was laying the groundwork because he wanted custody. So maybe he was telling everyone she was drunk, filing the report that she was drunk. That's possible. Very much so. I don't know. He just seems very shady to me. I don't like the controlling thing. I don't like him saying he can't. She can't talk to her friend. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know. I also wonder if there was an increase in alcohol use on her part, like Elizabeth was seeing that because they were having such a hard time in their marriage. I mean, we have to take that into consideration, too. Mm -hmm. But that would have stopped now that this was on the other side of it, right? Exactly. They were sleeping in separate bedrooms. She had signed a lease for a new apartment. She was dating a new man. She was really planning her new life, shopping for furniture, going to China, and not drinking. So I would like to know the dosage of the tramadol. I'd like to know all of the details on all of the pills that they found. Yeah. Yeah. B-roll. Dad looking through photo album. Right from the jump. Photographing. I almost said photographing. Photographing. Did you? I did think her wedding photos were very good, though. I did. Yeah, I think Elizabeth is talented. Mm -hmm. I thought she took really good wedding photos. I thought that one of them kissing was actually very sweet with their heads opposite each other, like the Spider-Man kiss. I thought that was very cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't need the PG one with this shirt. It's fine. Whatever you want to do. Libby and Andre from 90 Day just posted a very sensual (laughs) photo of her straddling him in the ocean. Send to me. Send to me. And on Reddit, people are ripping them apart. (laughs) <laughs> and it's always qualified. I have no problem with boudoir photos. Go for it. Feel yourself. But you don't need to post it on social media. But I'm like, whatever. I mean, they're trying to get OnlyFans subscribers. It's fine. There are some very artistic looking paintings, almost like drawings of guns in their bedroom. I was waiting for you to get to it. On the wall. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's black and white. Sim- yes. simplistic 
but like modern outlines of like guns like it's a guns. huge gun so it's a machine gun and so what i'm assuming what i think of when people say ak-47 that's what i picture is that gun yeah and then they have like a spear so it's weapons on the wall it's weapons the interesting yeah. thing is we see these in the video where he's being really nasty about the drapes that's when we see the photos is when he the drapes are sort of off to one side and the camera pans following him into the other room when we see these framed pictures of weapons and i was like of course you don't like the drapes yeah i bet you she doesn't like those pictures but it did also make me think clearly hannah is a designer girl and there was a series of photos i don't know who they were by but they were copied a bunch and they were of things like guns and grenades and like weapons but they were yeah. they had the lv print on them and chanel and things like oh. that they had designer prints and they were blown out like graffiti and it for a second i thought it might be one of those and maybe like an original because it seemed yeah. like she might spend money on art and then mm -hmm. i was like no because it's really just a black and white of a weapon yeah yeah that didn't seem like hannah I don't know. No. I don't know, Hannah. I mean, he's in the military. It definitely seems like him. It seems like a present for him. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something I would want up in my bedroom. Also, it doesn't seem like something I would have up in my apartment, period. You guys it doesn't know seem like something you'd have guns. in your apartment. But it also seemed like very much it was something for him. And like maybe the, the drapes were maybe just for her. I liked them. I thought they were stylish. She clearly worked all day on them. You didn't have to be a D about it. You could have said, wow, that color is so bright. Maybe we could do something softer instead. But thank you for all the work you put in. I have bought a lot of gifts for Oliver that he does not like. I, Oliver's hard to shop for. And normally I can tell by how he's being nice about it that he doesn't mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. There's a way that like kind of a husband and wife could probably communicate that, which is why he didn't need to do that. He yeah. really didn't. If he wasn't overexcited about them, she would have known. She would have. And that's yeah. frustrating. It's frustrating because yeah. it was just pointedly mean. Yeah, exactly. And clearly she was filming the reaction to show Ida to be like, hey, look at the reaction of my... Totally. Of these things that we made. It stunk. That's Oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Belgium is adorable. That's all I have for people. Yeah. Amazing. I want to move. Yeah. Fashion police. Did you have any fashion police? No. I had three Louis Vuitton, three Louis Vuitton <laughs> scarves, three Louis Vuitton scarves. Nice. So Hannah is in one first, and then we have Ida in one, and then oh. we have Hannah's mom in one in a picture. And they were oh. all the same type, which leads me to believe that Hannah really liked them and bought them for, bought one for her friend. In Belgium, who she then wore in her interview and then bought one for her mom, which That's I thought cute. was very sweet. Oh, she found like this one particular one that she it was like a sort of a loose knit one. It wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. Like those casual ones. That's really sweet because obviously Hannah's buying them for people. I like that. Very kind. All right. Titles. I'm not waffling on this case or I am waffling on this case. Did you get it? I do get Belgium. it. That was good. Yeah. Good um, Craig's defense is toast. So I'm going to do some bread puns. Is the bread. Okay, let's go. Yesterday, everything <laughs> changed. I don't know where I was going. 
And then I was like, Katie will just get some better bread puns because of Great British Bake Off. She always had the bread puns. So Ari, if you haven't listened to our other podcast, A Date with the Bake, Katie yeah. always had some puns. Roll on over there bake. and check it out. <laughs> just like that. She could do there it just go. like that. The Window and the Widow. Oh, no, I got you. Don't worry about that. Okay. It's curtains for Craig. There we go. Oh, so good. Thank you. That's all. Thank you. I only had one, which is right where you were, and I'm amazed you didn't get there. The windower. The (laughs) windower. (laughs) Like Tom Randolph, the windower. You were right there. The window and the widow. The windower. Mm -hmm. The windower. That's it. That was my only one. So good. Thank you, everybody. Follow us on Instagram. Again, follow us. Leave us us a good review. (laughs) Leave us a really good review. And also Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, Spotify and Apple Podcasts are the two places where reviews count the most. And follow us on Instagram, especially if you're sending things to me. I would love a a little follow. Help us out because that helps our show grow and is free. It's a free way to help. And And Kimberly is very funny on Instagram. There's some funny and things that I see that make me giggle. She does a good job. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram. And follow us on Twitter. Also, if you're not following Mankey on Twitter, follow Mankey because he is so funny on Twitter. He's hilarious. Yeah. So all, everyone should be following Mankey on Twitter. He is. Is Dennis on Twitter? Dennis is on Twitter, but he doesn't actually use his account very much. Keith goes through phases where he uses his account and sometimes tweets things. And then he goes for stretches where he doesn't. Dateline's super active. Follow them. They're hilarious. Andrea yeah. is on Twitter, but again, doesn't tweet. She's on Instagram. She posts a million photos of her family on Instagram Aww. like daily. They're all amazing. I would love Dennis to have a strong social media game. Oh, I would love it so much. No, me too. For sure. He did great in this episode. I'm sad that he was on a Sunday. I hope everyone, please go watch this episode if you haven't. Go watch The Window. Because yeah. this is, again, one of these ones where it's like, uh, yeah. presented with a lot from both sides. Yeah. It seems like foul play, but I can't say 100%. <laughs> like, is that because of the duck thing? No, but that's it good. Smells like a duck. No, I don't know why he said that. That was so odd. It was don't, such an odd turn of phrase. I think it, he pulled a Katie. In the moment, he choked and couldn't think of what to say. And they used that for his Dateline interview. And you yeah. know he went home and was like, why did I do the duck thing? Yeah. Smells At like a duck. It, <laughs> it's not. It smells. Quacks. Walks. No, he couldn't. No, he kicked himself it's, later. I'm sorry, Randy, Navy friend. Whatever I'm sorry, Randy, I'm, if that's your I name. I am sorry. <laughs> yeah, I've done it before. And I get mad when people criticize us for misspeaking. And I'm making fun of someone else for cr- misspeaking. I'm a hypocrite. No, it's more that that didn't go with what was happening, was that we were talking about someone possibly having killed themselves. Yeah, and he's like using the, if it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck. Yeah, like the frivolity of that phrase didn't work. And if we're going to use frivolous phrases, we're going to leave that to the experts, one of whom is in this episode, and that's Dennis Murphy. Exactly. Let Dennis do it. Like it or lump it. See, that's how I know lump it. (laughs) Like it or lump it. There you go. That's it, everybody. Thank you, everybody. See you later. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Please tell a friend and support our show as we want it to continue to grow in 2023. Yeah. Support our lady lumps. Our lovely lady (laughs) lumps. Bye. Bye, everybody.
You wanted your nose out of the tent. Is that, mm-hmm. I just don't know where that, te- where that expression comes from. Camping, Boy Scouts, maybe a military where they're like camped out in the army. Katie's Googling it. Oh, it's about a camel. If a camel is allowed to get its nose inside of a tent, it will be impossible to prevent the rest of it from entering. <laughs> that is really funny. Like that. I'm Get your nose out of the tent, camel. Camel, camel's nose in the tent. Okay, Are camels got it. known for being particularly nosy? They do kind of have big noses. And they maybe they want whatever's in that tent, food or whatever. He's a coming in. Um, there we go. He's coming in. That camel's coming in. I don't know if this is appropriate, but it's now been six years since his wife passed. And John's a catch. John is adorable older gentleman. He is wealthy. He is a family man. I see where you're going with this. I see where you're going with this. Let's set him up with your mom. Do you want John to be your stepdad? Could we maybe suggest Talkify get in touch with John? John, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, he might be married already. He might be so heartbroken he doesn't want to remarry. But... Are you just trying to get in that carriage house is what's happening here? Yeah, carriage house. Yeah. Well, I, I think were, I I, I really gonna... do still want my van, but yeah. I feel like that property is perfect for parking a van for long periods of time. Or I could put a tiny house on that property. Oh, a, a mansion on the beach would be fine to just park. Oh, it would be okay with me, I guess. Yeah. Well, for goodness sake. I'd be okay with it. I thought um, that he or, was at a monument in his B-roll until right? we realized that he's on his property with like the I don't know estate. what it's called. The I think you'd wall. call it an estate. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah on his estate, fifteen thousand yeah. square feet. Yeah, it's five hundred of your apartments, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> I gotta do the math on this. <laughs>